0: This is Space Waffles, a Star Wars podcast.
1: Welcome to Space Waffles. I'm Arzu, and I'm Candace. And today we have a very special mini special holiday episode. We are here to share this little uh, this little gem that Candace brought to my attention a couple weeks ago that I had not heard of until a couple weeks ago, and suddenly. It's everywhere. So we are talking about the 1980 Star Wars Christmas album, Christmas in the Stars, which, yeah, which is which is quite something. So this is an album that Vulture describes as somehow in defiance of all that is holy. The album connected Star Wars characters closely to our mundane Earth. They weren't talking about some Star Wars equivalent of Christmas, like the Wookiee Life Day you see in the 1978 Star Wars Holiday Special. The album was about real, legit Santa Claus Christmas. It featured C-3PO improbably crooning about Japan and Magna Carta. It had a whole track premised on the existence of our 365-day solar calendar, and Jesus was applied to exist alongside the Force. Um, yes, I, I agree with everything that Vulture said. The This album is absolutely wild in a very strange nostalgic kind of way um Candace is this one of those things that you similarly discovered when you were 10 and it traumatized you forever or is this also a new discovery for you
0: um no i i think i discovered it back in live journal in the early 2000s somebody had it and I was just rocking to it because it's like silly Christmas music. It reminds me of like um, when I was a kid, like I had a Mickey and friends Christmas thing where they would sing the songs and, you know, there would be a lot of dialogue scattered between. Yeah. The kind so, of bridges it all. Yeah. So the fact that I, I heard this 20 years ago, there is some nostalgia to this for me. Yeah.
1: That makes, that makes it. Yeah. I guess 20 years. Damn. That would be, that would still be pretty nostalgic. Um, yeah. So, I'm glad we're recording this when we are, because as of last Wednesday recording, so that would have been Wednesday, the 8th, 7th of December, um, the Disney Plus series Hawkeye features about three seconds of this album in a blink and you miss it moment, which is what I mean when I say I heard about it and suddenly it's everywhere. Like I would not have picked this up if, if I hadn't been listening for this episode, so yeah, it's at about the twenty-three minute mark of episode four. If anybody wants to go back and look for it, um, so Candace, tell us a little bit, a little bit about this album because you like did a deep dive.
0: Yeah, it. The history of this is even more interesting than the album, it's album itself, in my opinion. So I was really surprised that this happened, like Volter said, two years after the holiday special, because as many know. George Lucas was like, I don't know the holiday special. I've never met the holiday special. There is no holiday special. Exactly. Burn it kind of thing. So I was very shocked that Lucasfilm was like, yeah, let's do something else to do with Christmas. You know? So it was originally created in hopes that there would be an
1: annual one each year, which is shocking. Look, they brought back the annual holiday special. I think in a couple years they're going to bring back the annual holiday album. Just putting that out there.
0: Yeah. So it features recordings of Star Wars themed Christmas songs and stories about a droid factory where the robots make toys year's rounds for someone called S-Claws. The album was produced by Mecco Morindo, who previously recorded Star Wars and other galactic funk. So like if you heard like the disco version of like the Star Wars theme, that's this guy. (laughs) Love,
1: love that.
0: And the majority of it was written by Yale music professor, who is also a Tony Award-winning Broadway musical composer, (laughs) Murray Yeaston, and he's the one who composed Nine, a very famous musical.
1: Very good musical, too. And the other Phantom musical. that. Oh, the one that's not the Andrew Lloyd Webber one.
0: Yes, the one that's not the Andrew Lloyd Webber one. (laughs) So... This was written in 1979 before the darker Empire Strikes Back. And Easton, like, said he was writing this for his own son, who was, like, seven at the time. And he really liked – the son really liked the droids and Chewbacca, which, understandable. I loved them, too, when I was, like, a young child. And so (laughs) it's really funny that after 150 – Thousand of them were recorded and not recorded, um, distributed and it took off. They're like, We're gonna put George Lucas's name on it now. Like, George was like,
1: I don't want to be affiliated with it <laughs> until it became popular. Can you blame him after the holiday special though? Like, after all that, I, I can see him being like, I don't know, maybe not. But before the
0: second, um, record pressing. Printing. Was- Printing. printing, printing, yes, was done. RSO records were shut down due to an unrelated um, lawsuit. That's why this did not become an annual Star Wars album.
1: You could have just picked it up with another record label, though.
0: And that's very true. Um, something, someone, un- yeah. The original printing featured a cover by like Ralph McQuarrie. If you're a Star Wars fan, you know that name,
1: and it's an interesting
0: <laughs> album cover. <laughs>
1: It's actually a very cozy album cover. I'm going to post a link to the YouTube playlist of it down in the show notes and they show the album cover. It's actually very cozy even though I would it's love that extremely strange. Yeah, I would love it on a Christmas card. Yeah,
0: like absolutely. Um this album was on the Billboard charts. Like this was a hit in a way. Um it peaked at 61 in December 1980 and remained on the charts for 6 weeks. And uh, Anthony Daniels, I don't know if this was a like a sarcastic or joke, but he sold, told the CBC who did like an oral history of this. Um, it's one of my proudest moments. It didn't win an Emmy or a Tony Award or anything. It didn't become a long running musical, but I think that there's a scope for it. I think there's time for a re-release, probably, possibly a remix. I don't know.
1: So we also have we also have that that oral history, and we will also put that down in the show notes. Just yes, it, decide it, for yourself how sarcastic Anthony Daniels was being. It was an adventure. So with all that history and all that backup, I think we should go track by track. Let's go for it. Because some are hits and some are misses. Some are bops. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start with the first one, the title track, Christmas in the Stars. My... First- initial impression of this song is Anthony Daniels does such a distinct inflection on the words Christmas in the stars that it has been in my head all day and it's slightly irritating but I don't know I like the melody of it it's just the the way he says Christmas in the stars makes all the hair on my neck stand up do you know what it, I mean
0: it's very much a speaking song like
1: yeah like it was like William Chatner had his own album it's like christmas and the stars and it's yeah. like i get the need for songs like that like and it makes sense given that a broadway composer wrote this and every broadway musical has a song like that but you don't kick off your show with that song
0: mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah
1: so that seems like uh, a choice
0: also to anthony to anthony daniel's credit uh this was like written in just in a couple weeks and then they just like flew him in from london and was like record this <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not knocking Anthony Daniels. He's dealing with the notes that are in front of him. I'm just questioning. There were choices, the choices, choices made. There were made. Choices, choices were made. Choices were made.
0: What do you think about this song? It got in my head to you for a while. In a good way or a bad way?
1: I I don't know yet. <laughs> but it's in there. Yeah. On to our second track, "Bells, Bells, Bells," which is the track you can hear in the Hawkeye series. Which is possibly, I know I said this was a cozy nostalgic album, but this is possibly even more grating than Christmas in the Stars.
0: But like R2 has like a little solo in it. And I thought that was really cute. Well, R2,
1: R2 can stay. R2 should have done the whole song. Yeah, like because R2 bells, doesn't bells, know. Bells, bells, I just can't. I can't.
0: <laughs> R2 doesn't know what bells are.
1: Yeah. yeah. And this is where the um, the references to Japan come in and some very questionable choices made with with the instrumentation of that. Yeah, and it's very, uh, it's very 1980.
0: Also, again, choices
1: were made. <laughs> yeah, big time. What, yeah, what are your cute. thoughts on this one? It, I
0: like the R2 part. Like R2 starts singing, and I don't know. As a kid, I thought that was very cute. Like,
1: yeah, because it's R2. Yeah. Okay. The next track is, in my opinion, the the strangest of the tracks because. It forces me to think about things that give me a headache. And this is the odds against Christmas, which the, the premise of the song is that, you know, Christmas being what it is on December 25th, all magical and whatever, had a one in 365 day chance of happening the way it did. And this is, I think, what Vulture was talking about, about it's suggesting that Jesus is is a thing in the galaxy far, far away. December. December 25th, or December at all, snow, Christmas as a concept, the 365-day calendar, like, um, the Magna Carta, King John, like, all of this is apparently a thing that C-3PO is aware of. Because he's going, well, Christmas could have been anything. And I'm like, but...
0: You you, don't... You you shouldn't know what You don't live here. You don't go here. You... (laughs) you're you exist in a time law lo-
1: a long long time ago, in the galaxy yeah. far, far away, long, long time ago, and he does talk about like celebrations and other galaxies, but then he like brings it back to earth, and I'm like, but you don't live on earth, you live on yeah. Alteron or something well, he did so this is I think of all the tracks I think this is the weirdest one yeah it's a it's an odd one, but then I think like. This was also an era where all they had was the first Star Wars. Yeah, it's very much like
0: what is canon?
1: Yeah, it's like like the um, I'm currently reading the original Star Wars novelization, like the 1976 one. And they're talking about things like the sound of a dog scratching on plastic. We don't have dogs in Star Wars now. We don't have plastic in Star Wars now. They have their own words for those things. Wolf so dog. You, like the <laughs> wolf scratching no. on plastoid. Like it would be that now. Yeah. So I think this was just indicative of the era where they're just like, let's just borrow Earth things. And they weren't making up their own words. So yeah. I understand why it's just funny in, in retrospect. Yeah. The next track... Is, I think my favorite track. And it's, what can you get a Wookiee for Christmas when he already has a comb? And this, this one, this one's this a bop. One. Yeah, it's it's like, it's a lot of fun and it's really, really cute, I thought.
0: Yeah. And you, were,
1: you were saying that this kind of gets a nod in one of the games or something. Yeah,
0: this uh, gets a nod in Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. When Zalbar responds to Mission's suggestion that he gets groomed by saying, Wookies do not brush their teeth, Mission, It just isn't done. What humiliation will you use on me next? A comb?
1: I mean, if you substitute the word Christmas for Life Day. Yeah. This could very easily be a canon Life Day song.
0: Yeah, they were talking about like what they were getting. Like they got Leia perfume and like Luca scarf.
1: And Han Solo got earmuffs.
0: Which makes sense. They're going
1: to Hoth. Well, Leia I mean- just has to smell good, I guess. It's foreshadowing. <laughs> I think they eventually in one of the later tracks say that they settled on getting a brush for Chewbacca instead. Which feels like an insult. A little bit. But also as as somebody with a lot of hair, a comb doesn't do much. So I'm glad that, that Chewbacca is getting a hairbrush because it's going to help them. Yeah. But this is like the most famous and I think it's I think it's the cutest. It's the cute. I think it's the best song on the album and it's right right in the middle yep so the next track is is unique because it has a very special guest on it and so the song is r2d2 we wish you a merry christmas but this song features a pre-fame pre-being anybody of importance john bon jovi this is actually his recording debut like yeah
0: (laughs) and he did this because his cousin was a producer on it and he did it
1: as a favor that's insane like i didn't know it was him the first time i listened to it and didn't clock it and then i read it and went back and listened to it i was like
0: oh yeah that is bon jovi yep also so there was a reissue of this in 1990 in japan because they were like it's bon jovi and he was really big in there after like a hit Runaway and all the albums and stuff like that. So they reissued this as a se- a single and just put his name really big on it. <laughs> it reminds yeah, me I mean, whenever a star gets really big and all those like straight to home video DVDs they did like have like things plastered on them. Like I think like George Clooney did like Night of the Killer Tomatoes or something before he like. Right. Right. It did anything else like in the early 80s and then there's like all these re- issues of it now with George it's Clooney like just George plastered Clooney. on it.
1: Yeah. So the the next song on the album is Sleigh Ride and Sleigh Ride is like an existing Christmas song. Yeah. And the melody is the same but the lyrics are different. Yeah. Yeah. So which I think threw me a little bit at first. Because you're expecting one thing and then you're hearing another pretty consistently. And I don't love C-3PO to begin with, so.
0: Yeah, when I told arguing that me. we had to do an episode about this, I apologized beforehand. Because I was like, this is like your least favorite droid, like starring. Yeah.
1: I don't know what it is. He just annoys me so much.
0: He's meant to be annoying, so. Yeah, well, He's mission doing accomplished. His job. He's doing his,
1: accomplished. his job. It's. Worries me because I think of all the droids I most like C3PO, so it's probably like you know, hits too close to home. But
0: no, I'm same. I was talking much. to my best friend Emily, she loves C3PO. She's very excited to find that he was on the top of the Disney Springs Christmas tree. And I said, That's it, explains why we're like best friends and you love me is because I'm as neurotic and panicked as C3PO all the time. <laughs> we
1: just don't want to face it because, yeah, it's too close.
0: So at Disney Springs in Florida, they ha- they used to have a Di- uh, Christmas tree trail, but now it's kind of like a scavenger hunt because I guess they don't want everyone to pile together because of obvious reasons. So we found the Star Wars tree and like C-3PO is right on the top of that. And I wonder if it's in reference to this album.
1: Yeah. Or it's just because he's gold and like shiny. <laughs> it could be both. But we also see that like the holiday special was like one of those urban not urban legend because everybody knew it was real but one of those underground if you know you know kind of things and this year they were selling like wookie robes and life day orbs at the park so Mm -hmm. they're they're bringing it into the fold it's getting absorbed so the the next track on the album is merry merry christmas and i will be perfectly honest i have listened to this album a few times i couldn't couldn't tell you what this song sounds like i feel like my brain just didn't process it
0: I feel like it's just like "Merry Merry Christmas" a bunch of times, and maybe a few other words, and that's it.
1: Okay, so that's probably why I'm just yeah. drawing a total. I don't remember it either. Um, so let's just let's just jump ahead to the yeah. So I don't even know the the next one is a Christmas Sighting or it was the night before Christmas, which is a version of the night before Christmas story, again modified for for Star Wars purposes. Which Modify cool. slightly modified quote-unquote which it honestly it made me think not because they reference it at all but it just sounds like the, one of the stories from the life day treasury the the oil bringer the tale of the oil bringer or something where it's a bunch of droids in in a jawa um crawl vehicle crawler that's what they're called a <laughs> jawa crawler talking about the oil bringer who is this mysterious bearded being who visits droids like one night a year and brings them the parts they need or whatever and it's just it feels like a spiritual successor if not a direct one
0: I wonder if they were inspired they might have been they might, might have, have been, been blasting this everybody who wrote who worked on the life day treasury just last in the soundtrack
1: i mean i'm sure they did i feel like if we go check they'll they'll say that that this is what they were listening to makes sense makes sense and I think we only got one more track left. So yeah. The last track is The Meaning of Christmas. The longest one. It's the longest track on the album. Yeah. It's eight minutes long. And this, this is one where C-3PO and R2-D2 are speaking to S-Clause, Claus, is Santa's son. Yes. And who has a lot to say about the meaning of Christmas. Oh,
0: so much to say. So this originally was supposed to be Yoda. Okay. Uh, which they had to do some revisions. And... Oz couldn't participate, Frank Oz, due to scheduling conflicts so that eventually the album, they just were like, oh, Santa's Son, s
1: Yeah, It's just, it's the same thing. It's fine. Not the same thing, but s Clause, Yoda, it's all the same.
0: This one, I, when I was younger, I found this to be like the most boring track.
1: Yeah, it's, I think it's because it goes on way too long.
0: Yeah. Maybe it was like half the time.
1: Yeah, I think I think this one definitely, definitely could have been condensed down. So I did just check and Kevin Cap- Scott and George Mann, who wrote The Life Day Treasury, did, in fact, listen to this album while they were writing it. So Heck yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I will link to that as well in the show notes. So any final thoughts on Christmas in the Stars? Would you recommend Christmas in the Stars?
0: If you're a Star Wars fan, yes. You have to – it's, like, one of those things, just, like, the holiday special. You just have to experience at least once and just understand it was written in the
1: late 70s. There were probably drugs involved. There were absolutely drugs involved, Um, just based purely on the energy of this.
0: Also, there was deadlines and, like, very little to go off of, you know? Yeah. And it was written for a seven-year-old in mind, which I think it succeeds
1: in that regard. Like – I think so. I think it's a very, it's a very cuddly, kid-friendly, kid-friendly work. So. Yeah.
0: Like, I, I listened to this when I was, I was still a kid, and I thought it was, I was upset by the Earth references, because even then I was a giant nerd with my encyclopedia of Star Wars stuff. It's but, not canon. is not, that doesn't make sense. they feel was like, the timeline doesn't match.
1: So yeah, Star Wars nerds have always been like this. Yes, I've been like this since I was nine. This is not a new sensation. No. All right. But yeah, I overall, I would, I would agree. I would recommend it, too, if you're a Star Wars fan, if you're curious, if you want something a little different from the same 12 songs that I'm sure you're hearing everywhere right now. Especially the Wookiee song. It's just it's just silly and fun. And yeah, if if nothing else, what do you get a Wookiee for Christmas when he's already got a comb?
0: Yeah. And just fast forward bells and hear r 2 d like singing a solo
1: yeah he's cute he's cute all right so thank you all so much for listening um to find us on social media you can find me on twitter at Arzuemine, and that's where you can get all your space waffles updates as well and you can find candace on her own handle at candace is a geek collectively we are on twitter at geeky underscore waffle we are on facebook instagram tiktok and youtube at the geeky waffle and on patreon patreon.com slash the geeky waffle that's where you can find things like our Waffles After Dark and our Discord server. And we are also at thegeekywaffle.com. That's where you can find absolutely everything all compiled into one place. So again, thank you all for listening. Happy holidays, happy new year, and may the waffles be with you.